Good morning, church. I'm going to encourage you to take your copy of God's Word and turn with me to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 2. Happy New Year. We welcome 2021. It could not get here any quicker, could it not? Uh, out with the year that shall not be named, out with 2020, and in with the new year, a fresh start. I'm sure I'm not the only one that is feeling this. And uh, it's interesting. This past week, I, I read a, a story about the possibility of adding one second to the world's atomic clocks. Uh, I didn't know that there was a group that considered this, but every few years, one second gets added to the world's atomic clocks. The people, the scientists that are responsible for this are a part of the IERSS. And of course, you know that to be the International Earth Rotation Reference Systems Service. Never heard of them. Maybe you have. Well, they delayed that adjustment, not adding one second in 2020, but actually adding a second uh, potentially in June of 2021. And it seems symbolic uh, to me as I was thinking about this. It was as if there was this consensus that we're not going to even uh, we're not going to even add one additional second to 2021. We're, we're going to get into the new year as quickly as possible here. Now, that wasn't the case. Uh, it had everything to do with the moon's gravitational forces and our planet's speed of rotation, yada, yada, yada. But you get the point here. All of this to say, I think there is a consensus, a, a collective sigh of relief that we're we're pushing a, a year behind us, a year like none other, and we're moving into a fresh start here. And I thought, as we move into 2021, what, what passage of Scripture could just frame the year for us and the possibilities of the year as, as devoted followers of Christ? And this passage has been one of the my, uh, more familiar passages in my own life and maybe in your own walk with the Lord, Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 2, which I think will be helpful as we move in to this new year. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Chapter 12 obviously comes on the heels of chapter 11. Chapter 11 is most notably probably the more familiar chapter in all of the book of Hebrews, what we know as the great hall of faith. We walk through these Old Testament characters of Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Moses and Rahab and David and Jephthah and Samson and Gideon and Samuel. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, look to these Old Testament characters and see how they ran the race of faith faithfully, how they walk the road of difficulty, but they turn to God and they place their faith in Him. And it's not just a nostalgic tour. It isn't as if the writer of Hebrews is this curator at a museum that is saying, oh, yes, here is Abel, oh, yes, here is Abraham. No, he's saying that these Old Testament saints have a, a contemporary application for our life. They are serving the same God that we serve. They run the same race that we have run. Uh, yes, their circumstances are different and their difficulties are different, but they have faced the difficulty of the Christian race, the race of faith and the Old Testament saints here, and they inspire us. They're almost cheering us on as we move into this new year. And so as we move into this new year, I think it's helpful for us to, to listen closely to this text as it encourages us as we move into 2021 to cast aside 
the weight of this previous year, to cast aside the weight of this past year. Again, verse 1, let us lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside every weight. If you've watched any football over the past couple of days here, if you turn on the television at all, you have had this nonstop barrage of commercials from Noom to Weight Watchers to Nutrisystem, all promising, as they do annually, as we move from the Christmas holidays into resolutions for the new year, they all promise here are some ways to drop a few pounds as you move in to the new year. Now, the writer of Hebrews isn't talking about physical pounds that we need to drop. He's not talking about physical weight that we need to drop, but he's talking about the weight of life that we need to leave behind that prevents us from fixing our eyes faithfully upon the founder of our faith, Jesus himself. I love the way the paraphrase that we know is the message. Eugene Peterson, in his paraphrase of the Bible, I love the way that he paraphrases this, this section here. He says, do you see what this means? All of these pioneers who blaze the way, all of these veterans cheering us on, it means we better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. It really encompasses uh, sort of the application of this passage for your life and my life. Now, when the writer of Hebrews was writing this, I, I think he has this vivid image that would have been uh, contemporaneous to him. You have the precursor to the Olympic Games and you have the Pantheon Games. These are things that those uh, original first century Christians would have been familiar with. And in those days, historians tell us that the, the star athletes of these uh, Greco-Roman uh, events would come in with these long, ornate, flowing robes, and they would sort of dramatically, I, mean, I, I kind of think of wrestlers like Jerry the King Lawyer and the Million Dollar Man, they, they, they pull off their, their robes to the cheers of the crowd here. And oftentimes, uh, vivid, yes, this is, but oftentimes these athletes would, would have little to nothing that they would wear. I mean, they were completely aerodynamic uh, for the event that was before them there. And as if the writer of Hebrews is saying that we are to be, we're to be runners, we're to be athletes who pursue with this wholehearted devotion our, our, uh, our faith in God and our pursuit of serving God and worshiping God, a committed athlete, even today, move away from 2,000 years ago, but the same principle is true. A committed athlete has to forego the all-you-can-eat buffet the night before the, the event on, on Saturday morning. Uh, a committed athlete can't uh, stay up and, and binge watch to two in the morning the, the latest Netflix show and then expect to heed the alarm when it goes off at 4.15 in the morning for training. Uh, you see, I mean, there, there are certain things that an athlete must forego because there is a greater pursuit. Now, when we think about what's weighing us down as we move into 2021, I mean, 2020 has been a heavy year. And there are a lot of things that have, have kind of entrapped us. Yes, those could be simple practices, and the writer of Hebrews is going to get to this, but I think the weights that some of us, if not all of us, have to leave behind maybe are some good practices in our life that are preventing us from a full devotion to what is best in our life. The, the good can get in the way of the best. I love Frank Pollard pastor who's with the Lord now, who uh, 
used to always say that so often we give our first-rate allegiances to third-rate causes. We give our first-rate allegiances to third-rate causes. And, and that's a temptation for my life. It's a temptation for your life. It is a temptation for all of us as we move into 2021. What habits are in our life that are weights? Not, they're not particularly sinful habits, but they're habits that we give ourselves to this past year, and they, they drain us. They constantly leave us frustrated. It very well may be that we need to do less of that. We need to move away from whatever that habit is because it is a weight that prevents us from fixing and focusing our eyes upon Jesus. What pursuits are in our life that maybe are not necessarily sinful pursuits? Again, the writer of Hebrews is going to get to that in just a second, but, but pursuits that weigh us down from giving to and serving the Lord with whole devotion through our church. So we are called as we move in to 2021 to cast aside the weights of these past year, the, this past year. But we also, even more specifically, the writer of Hebrews continues and he says that we are to cast aside the sins of this past year. Now, it's almost like it's a funnel. He starts generally leave behind the weights so that's as broad as it can be. And then he, he moves it in a little bit more focused here. And he says, and leave behind the sin which clings so closely. That's the ESV here, uh, the NIV, when I first memorized this passage, maybe how you're familiar. The sins that so easily entangle us, we're called to leave behind. As you're moving into the new year, you oftentimes have annual checkups. You go to your family physician and you check off this, you take these tests, and all those kinds of things are familiar with us. And it's almost as if I think the writer of Hebrews is encouraging us to think of that annual spiritual checkup. But with the great physician here, what in this past year have, have been particular sins that the great physician would reveal that are clinging to our soul? that are clinging to us, that are distracting us, and more than just distracting us, they're leading us away from a pursuit of honoring the Lord and, and holiness unto the Lord. This last year, I mean, do, I don't have to tell you this. this, this last year has been filled with wholly unique pressures. Pressures upon individuals, pressures upon families, pressures upon institutions, pressures upon everything that we affect. This has been a new, unique year. And in unique years, Satan, as the deceiver, as the one who utilizes the uniqueness as a tool to bring about temptation in your life and in my life, in our culture, as a, the discomfort of this past year, I think has has led Satan in a opportunity to say, here's some things that are going to relieve you, help numb you from the circumstances that are outside of your control. And I do believe that there are people that are coming into 2021 who are followers of Jesus that are bringing habits that are sinful that need to be left behind, that need to be confessed. I think that there are a greater number of Christians because of the circumstances of 2020, maybe even you who are worshiping with us online, maybe if you were to be honest, if you were to do a spiritual checkup, 
There, there are habits and sinful patterns that are in your life that have uniquely tempted you and, and come into your life in this last year. I do believe that there are Christians who need to confess a, a deeper struggle with, with things that they've turned to to numb them from the difficulties of this day. I, I think there are Christians who maybe are worshiping with us online today that need to confess a struggle with alcohol, a struggle with prescription pills that have been picked up this year. There, there are those who are struggling with uh, pornography this past year and that just need to be honest. And I say those because I really do believe that we've got to be honest before the Lord with these sins that are clinging to us. There are others who the sin that has clung to us this past year is a cloak of discontentment, a spirit of absolute frustration, which has been the default stage and season. I had someone that I knew 15 years ago who, who was a friend with me. I don't stay in touch with him, but he, he used to always say, I, I can walk into a business and you give me five minutes and I can tell you exactly what needs to be changed. Now, that, that kind of spirit uh, he meant well with that, but it but it meant that his default was always being able to see everything that everyone was doing wrong. And that, that is difficult. That is a difficult spirit that I think needs to be confessed to the Lord. When we always see what is wrong with life, when we're always discontent, Paul, a wonderful passage in Philippians 4 talks about learning to be content in all circumstances and all Everything, every circumstance for, for him in Philippians 4 meant in a Philippian jail. And so in the midst of the pressures of COVID-19, in the midst of the circumstances of this last year, it very well may be that the sin that clings so closely to you is that spirit of discontentment that needs, needs to be confessed to the Lord. Maybe it's a spirit of envy and a spirit of jealousy. You're scrolling through that, that rabbit hole and merry-go-round of comparison on Instagram and Facebook where you just say, I don't have what they have, and it frustrates me, and I should, I deserve that. That, that spirit of envy and that spirit of jealousy. It might have clung to you so very closely this year. Would you just pause and would you ask the Lord to examine your heart? What are aspects of your life that are not pleasing to the Lord that need to be confessed to him? Would you ask the Holy Spirit to be that, that hovering great physician that diagnoses those, those areas of your life where you've turned from him and you're clinging to the world, you're clinging to the flesh, You've listened to the siren song of Satan saying, here's what is going to be the answer. Here's going to give you pleasure. Here's what's going to fix the problem here. And you're turning not to the Lord, but you're turning to the, the lies of the enemy himself. We need to ask the Lord to do that spiritual checkup as we move into 2021. Here's the great promise of Scripture. I love it because we, we don't have a great physician who just says, here's what's wrong, here's what's wrong, here's what's wrong, go figure it out. But no, there, there is the prescription through the cross, through the finished work of Jesus that gives us hope in the face that sin doesn't have to have the last word in your life nor in my life. It very well may be that there are sins that have clung to us in 2020, but that doesn't mean that those sins still have to cling to us as we move into 2021. That is not, that is not 
the, the reality that, that we can't escape. The word of God tells us, 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he, Jesus, is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, through, the, through the work of Jesus upon the cross, the, the Father sees us through his Son's perfect obedience. And we receive, when we confess to the Lord our sins, we receive forgiveness and we receive cleansing. I love James chapter 5, verse 16 that says, Confess your sins one to another and you will be healed. He's not talking about physical healing. He's talking about spiritual healing. Very well may be that as you are worshiping with us, there are sins that have have emerged even as I'm talking right now. And there needs to be a trusted Christian friend that you, as you move into this next year, say, hey, here's some areas that I'm struggling with. Now, everyone doesn't need to know that, but someone does. So we take it vertically to the Lord, asking for his forgiveness. We receive accountability in the community, the body of Christ. And then we move forward, not wallowing in guilt, not in the muck and the mire of saying, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I'd, I'm so, no, we, we move forward with the hope of the fresh start of the new year, but more than the new year, just the new day. Every day is new unto the Lord and we are able to move forward. So cast aside the weight of this past year. So we move into 2021, cast aside the sins of this past year And then finally this morning from Hebrews chapter 12, fix your focus on the founder of our faith. So we're saying we're going to leave behind this. So we're leaving behind this. We're leaving behind this. But now we want to fix our focus. We want to, as that athlete, again, back to that metaphor that the writer of Hebrews is using here, that athlete has a pursuit, has a devoted focus. Notice again in the passage, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We don't choose that race. It's chosen for us in the sovereignty of God. We are looking to Jesus. Verse 2, we're looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. The image of the Christian life is a race. There are a lot of races that you can sign up for. We've got some folks in our church that are in track, and uh, we have some cross-country runners. We've got marathoners and half marathoners and ultra marathoners and and a lot of running is going on a lot of athletic imagery is 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 familiar to our congregation here but you need to understand that the christian life is not a 100 meter sprint it isn't how fast that we can run for 10 seconds and 11 seconds it's not a 400 meter run It is a marathon. It is an ultra marathon. There are hills in the Christian life. There are twists and there are turns. There are breathtaking vistas in the Christian journey, in the Christian race. We come to places of kind of mountaintop experiences. We have the the wind of God's grace and his mercies that are new to us every morning that breathe freshly into our face. And we say, thank you, God. There are also times... We walk through the valley, and and the valley is dark, and it's difficult, and it's painful, and it's discouraging. And so in the midst of those twists and those turns and the breathtaking vistas and the dark valleys in the midst of uh, the, the terrain that isn't monotonous, but it changes almost daily, weekly, monthly, yearly before us, the writer of Hebrews says, hey, look, fix your eyes. There's a lot that is going to change under you, but who is before you is unchanging. So the strength and the courage to run, it comes from that, remember, 
Therefore, since you're surrounded by that great cloud of witnesses, we're able to look back in the Old Testament. We're to see the great cloud of witnesses that have run this race before us, but we're able to look before us. And we, it, we, we see what the writer of Hebrews is doing here as he gets to the great hall of faith. He says, hey, here's the one who stands above them all. Here is the one, the author and perfecter of our faith in the English Standard Version. Fix your eyes upon him. In some translations, you see the pioneer of your faith. So Jesus, he has run this race. This is why we can take comfort to fix our eyes upon him. He has felt tired in the race. He has felt disappointed in the race. He has felt betrayed. He has faced death in the race of his human life. That's why the writer of Hebrews would say earlier in Hebrews 4 that we don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize, but one in whom in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So we could take comfort that Jesus isn't asking us to run a race that he hasn't run himself. He has run through the valley. He has run through even death itself. He has come to the finish line of his earthly life, and he has received the medal. He has heard, well done, thy good and faithful servant, and he is seated at the right-hand throne of the Father God right now, encouraging us as the Spirit of God lives in us. And the Spirit of God encourages us and empowers us. The Spirit of God calls us to the race and salvation. The Spirit of God empowers us in our sanctification to run the race that is before us. And you've got to do that. There's this, there's this great sort of dichotomy in the Christian life here where God works on our salvation uh, he is doing that work of sanctification, but we work on our salvation with fear and trembling. He, he is doing a work in us, and we're called. We are called to participate. We're called to, to holiness. We're called to the pursuit of him. We're called to, to love him full uh, with our full devotion. Uh, you know, in the last 40 years or so, I, I kind of think of this image as I look at this passage here. I think of this image of the, the sort of the marathon boom, the running boom that has occurred in the last 40 or 50 years. I mean, there, there are all kinds of races here in Birmingham. There are several races that you can run. Really, frankly, every, every weekend there's a race here. But you have these ultra marathons. You have marathons and you have half marathons. And there are huge productions. And as we move through the season of COVID, you're going to see more and more of those spring up. And there's going to be this huge desire to be out there as, as it was in 2018 and 2019 before, but I, I think in, in, in many, many numbers. But when you're in these races here, especially for those that are novice, for someone who's never run it before, or even with someone that's wanting to, to run their best race, if they've never been on the course, one of the things that can provide a lot of comfort to a person is to see the pacers that are in the race. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, it takes on a lot of different forms, but if you're running a marathon, for instance, you might say, hey, I want to finish this marathon in this certain time here. All of my training, all my preparation has led me to say, I'm going to finish in this time. But you never run the race before. You, you don't know all the turns. You don't know the twists. You don't know the hills that are coming up. You don't know exactly how to pace yourself. But the pacer, the person who's got the sign and it's bobbing up and down, he or she, she has run the race before. He has run the race. And he actually has got a sign that's saying, if you follow me, you're going to get to the finish line and you're going to get to the finish line in this time here. It's three hours or three and a half hours or four hours or five hours or six hours. You run with this pacer and you're guaranteed, you're guaranteed to get to the finish line. Now, that pacer is not someone who's running his or her first marathon. 
That pacer is not someone who's trying to figure out, now do I turn left here or do I turn right here? That, that pacer is someone who has run a marathon and he has run it really well. She has run that race and knows that course by heart. That, that pacer by heart is an encourager. You're not gonna be with a pacer that says, I don't know if we can do this. Uh, we're at mile 18 and I'm not really sure that I've got it in me. No, no, no. The, the pacer is one that is guaranteed to have the fitness to be able to lead you across the finish line. Now, these are human pacers, and I'm sure there are tremendous exceptions to this rule. But in the race of the Christian life, there is a divine, a, a divine Godson who is the pacer, who when we fix our eyes upon him, we are guaranteed to come to the completion of our race. And he is the one who has run it before us. And in the midst of all of the distractions around us in 2020 and the distractions that are going to be before us in 2021, our, our calling is to fix our focus on the author and perfecter of our faith. Now, how do we do that? If we want to just be practical here, as we move out of 2020 into 2021, it isn't enough for us just to say, hey, go do that. Go fix your focus on Jesus. We, we've got to ask ourselves, what are, what are steps, what are habits, what are pursuits that actually turn my gaze away from the world, away from good things that get in the way of the best thing, and fix my focus upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith? Now, there are many things that we could say here, but if I'm going to lead us into 2021 as your pastor, I want you to think about fixing your focus upon Jesus in these three ways, and I'm not going to be long, I assure you here, all of this will be invitations for your own reflection here. Number one, we fix our eyes on Jesus through a devotion to his word. You cannot fix your eyes upon Jesus, the pacer of the Christian race. You can't fix your eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, without a devotion to the consumption of God's word, the reading of God's word, the study of God's word, the meditation upon God's word, uh, we cannot fix our focus upon him and be wordless people. He has spoken to us and he has spoken to us in this word. So my question to you as you move into 2021 is, do you have a plan to fix your focus upon Jesus through the reading of God's word, the meditation upon God's word? Do you have a plan to engage God in and through his word this year. Uh, every year, I begin the year with a, with a plan, and this year is no exception. And you can go to our website, and you'll see it right here, dawson.org slash devotional resources. You can go to our website, and you can see a lot of examples. Hey, uh, there, there are many, many ways to devote yourself to God's word. So don't get stuck with the perfect plan here. Uh, for me, I've really benefited, I would say, over the last probably seven, six or seven years through an app on my phone called Uversion. So if you go on your phone and you search in the app store Uversion, and I have that on the front of my phone. So it's there. It's not hidden away somewhere. I don't have to scroll. It's right there. And this year, as I'm moving into 2021, last year I had a plan as I was walking through uh, the Bible and walking through the Psalms and the Proverbs. This year, I'm moving through a plan. And I know many people, there are many plans that are wonderful plans. I'm using a Bible project plan that helps give this the big picture 
as you walk through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Now, do you have to do that? No. Could you walk through a book of the Bible uh, one month and another book the next month? Could you take uh, the New Testament and read the same passages for two days or three days in a row? The answer is yes. There, there are so many ways. That's what I love about version is that you can go to that app and uh, right there at the bottom of the screen, it says plans. And it very well may be that a part of your life has not been the consistent engagement with God's word. Hey, start start with the step. Start in uh, with, a, with a plan that just builds that consistency. Or if you say, hey, I just want to start in John, I would say start, if you want to start in the New Testament, start with the Gospel of John and just read one chapter. And then the next day, read the next chapter. And the next day, read the next chapter. I think there's just, there's just so, much, so many different ways that we can engage with God's Word. But I do think there's some wonderful resources. You can go to our website and you'll see more of those resources that I don't have time to, to go into great detail with. Or also, you can go to that app. And again, on our website, you'll see that app. So we fix our eyes on Jesus through devotion to his word. My question to you is, is what is your plan for an engagement, a consistent engagement with God's word in 2021? Second, uh, we fix our eyes upon Jesus through a devotion to prayer. We fix our eyes upon Jesus through a devotion to prayer. Danielle picked up something a, a few uh, weeks ago, and she hung it in our, in our house. And it's the first time I've seen this. Corrie ten Boom uh, many of you are familiar with her, her, her life and her story and her writings, but she has this wonderful quote about prayer that has just really stuck with me. What wings are to a bird and sails to a ship, so is prayer to the soul. Let me say that again. What wings are to a bird and sails to a ship, so is prayer to a soul. Uh, we, we cannot fix our eyes upon Jesus and be wordless people, nor can we fix our eyes upon Jesus and be prayerless people. So just as I ask you, what is your plan to consistently engage in God's word? I ask you, a second question is, is do you have a pattern? And notice that word I'm using, a pattern to engage God in prayer. For me, it has been really helpful for me to be able to use a pattern to be able to, to talk to uh, the creator of this universe uh, consistently, to be able to hear from him in prayer. Uh, I, I learned, I don't know, when I was 12 or 13 years ago, just or when I was 12 or 13 years old, this acronym, ACTS, ACTS. There's nothing, nothing about that that is uh, wholly unique or wholly special, but it is just handles to be able to talk to God consistently. A stands for adoration, C stands for confession, T stands for thanksgiving, and S stands for supplication. Uh, we need, I think, handles. We need patterns in our life to, to habituate things, to, to make them routines in our life. We don't have to think to ourselves, every day I've got to start over uh, completely. No, I think we need those habitual practices. And for me, uh, reading God's Word is, is the, the start of the day. It's the, it's the way I engage with the day. And then based upon uh, what I've read in Scripture that day, I just use, there's a characteristic, an attribute of God that is going to be revealed. And I just adore God for that. Th this morning, I was walking through uh, my reading in God's Word, and I'm, I've started uh, in, in this daily Bible reading plan, and I was in the story of Abraham. And I just thought about this morning as I was talking to God, 
I talked, I thought about how how he provided in the midst of Genesis one through eleven. You see the 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 difficulty of sin, and you see the Tower of Babel in chapter eleven, and then chapter twelve, where I was reading this morning, it was how God provided through Abraham hope uh, that ultimately lead to Jesus, and so. Uh, that A, I was able to hang on to this idea of how the attribute of God is that he is a provider. He is the perfect provider. And to be able to thank him and adore him, adoration A, for who he is. And to be able to confess, generally I'll, I'll move into confession of how I try to be the ultimate provider. How oftentimes I don't trust his provision. Do, do you see where I'm going with this? Again, I use tools in my life. I, I will forget to pray for people unless I write it down. And again, if you were to look at my phone, I have another app that has just prayer requests, people that I'm praying for, and right there on my phone, right on the front screen, I'm able to see that. And it is a reminder to me, uh, one, is a reminder to me of how God has answered prayer. Also, it's a reminder to me of who to consistently pray for, situations to consistently pray for. And I use that to be able to help ground my prayer life as I move through adoration, confession, thanksgiving, S is supplication. So I'm thanking God for people in situations and in supplication is just I'm praying for certain people. I'm praying for opportunities for our church and, and where God is leading us as we move into 2021. Again, that pattern just helps ground me. So there's much more that we could say about that. Again, go to our website, dawsonchurch.org devotional resources there. You'll have some other ideas. But again, there's no perfect plan. There's no perfect pattern. You just need, I think, a plan. You need a pattern because we want to fix our eyes upon Jesus. And finally, we fix our eyes upon Jesus through a devotion to his bride. As we move into 2021, I anticipate and I'm praying for the opportunity for us as a church to gather and to gather without the, the, the cloud of COVID spread. And I'm praying as we see vaccinations being uh, rolled out. I'm praying as we move through these months and as we move into the summer and we move into the, the fall of this next year, that it is going to be a year that prayerfully we're able to engage in mission and ministries without any hesitation, without any precautions of, of COVID. Now, maybe I'm wrong about that. Again, I can't predict that. I'm not in control of that. But I'm praying in a way to say, how can we as a church, because it is absolutely essential to your fixing and focusing your eyes upon Jesus to be devoted to his bride. We're able to do that now through this medium here. It's not an ideal medium. It's not in any way. But there are going to be a day where we're able to gather again in person, and we're going to be able to uh, to serve and to worship and to be able to uh, be fully engaged in every aspect of who God calls us as a church to be. And so we want to be devoted to community. We want to be devoted to his bride, the church. And as we move into 2021, that's a priority that has to be at the very top of our list of what we're committed to. That is the community of faith, the bride, the church. There's much more that I can say, and I think you can see that I, I could go on for a, a long time here, but you've heard me uh, speak from uh, my heart to you as we move into 2021. And so I hope that Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2 is an encouragement to you. I'm going to be honest with you, over these past two weeks, I've been walking with this passage. It's been a real encouragement to me as I seek to, to cast aside the weight of this past year, as I seek in my own life to cast aside the sins of this past year, 
And finally, I want to, as your pastor, I want to, as a follower of Jesus, as a husband, as a father, I, I want to fix my focus upon the founder of our faith. I pray that that prayer will be your prayer as we move into 2021. Let's pray. Gracious God, I thank you so much for your word, and I thank you for the way that it speaks to us as we move into this new year of 2021. I pray that we would be able to come to January of 2022 and say, oh God, thank you for what you have done in our lives, what you have done in our families, and what you have done in our church. That is decided today. That is decided in the days ahead. Will we fix our focus upon you or will we be distracted by the siren song of sin that calls uh, for our attention? Will we continue to be plagued by the weights of, of the good that get in the way of the best? So help us see this year what you would have for us, not only individually in our life, not only in our communities and our spheres of influence in our workplace, but in our church. We desire to be found faithful as your people. And so we're living in strange and unique days. There is no denying that. But in the midst of this, you have a mission for us. You have uh, your word before us and your spirit that desires to lead us. And may we fix our focus upon you and follow you faithfully in the race that you have set before us. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.